Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask, where everyone has something they can teach you. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Our next guest is the one and only Kelly Hu, an American actress and model who has won Miss Teen USA 1985, Miss Hawaii 1993. She has worked on countless television, film, and video game projects, including Growing Pains, Sunset Beat, Nash Bridges, The Scorpion King, which we have to talk about, uh, X2, The Vampire Diaries, Netflix, Finding Ohana, which I got to say was really awesome. It was cheesy, but in a, I love cheesy. Um, that's Netflix. I could have sworn it would have been a Disney because it was... Anyway, I, I digress. We're going to talk about that. Kelly is also a longtime activist, um, which we know is sometimes a bad word, at least according to her brother, as long as as well as feminist. <laughs> uh, most recently focusing on her project 33 Edge, which was designed and built by Kelly during the COVID-19 quarantine as a response to the protests and discrimination happening at that time. Kelly has always sought equality and justice for everyone and designed 33 Edge in the hopes of encouraging more unity, equality, and respect for fellow human beings. This is Kelly's second time on Money You Should Ask. And I'm so excited to have, have you back because I find that I just laugh. Every I time. love being here. <laughs> and I love being here in this new space. That we are in a new space. Yes, it's with, awesome. Well, we have new construction. So if somebody's listening... Please don't get mad. We're <laughs> we're working through it. Uh, it's all good. That's L.A. these days. There's it's construction LA. everywhere. And and we have new music. Yes, which I love. It's so cute and catchy. It's yes. catchy. Hey, bop, 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 bop. I didn't even do it right, but you know, what can I say? <laughs> so Kelly, so tell me. So, oh, wait, I got to ask this first. Um, Scorpion King. So, because <laughs> um, I, I can relate to this, uh, actually. So I was reading that you shared in an interview that you got to be treated like, uh, you know, a queen. Yeah. And that literally somebody had to hold an umbrella over you to keep the sun from, you know, shining on you during the filming. Right. And the reason I asked this is I was on a – I did a commercial one time where I was only – it was a day. But I was the star of the commercial and it was in a green screen and everybody – somebody had a fan to to spray me with, you know, air – and then somebody fed me water and then like and, – and I was carried onto the set so that I wouldn't scuff the – like it was – Really? Carried? Yeah. And I thought I could get really obnoxious. Right. Like this – so how do you stay grounded? That was just a day and I was feeling the pull to be like, I'm special. It It is really kind of crazy, right? How actors sometimes get treated like – kings or like royalty when they when when they're on set but of course you know as soon as you step off set then you have that big slap in the face (laughs) (laughs) you are not royalty but um but yeah it's just you know sometimes it's 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 obnoxious and embarrassing about how like you know how well you're treated like i i noticed that that pa was holding this umbrella over my head and it was like give me that he's like no no like they don't they, they i'll lose my job yeah exactly they need something to do like i mean yeah but um but yeah sometimes it's 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 embarrassing to me you know like how 
how how obnoxious it gets. I don't want to be treated that nicely. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel familiar. <laughs> it's like a romantic idealized relationship. Exactly. Something's wrong. If somebody's too nice, something is wrong. Something's going on. The red flags. Oh, my God. So tell me about 33 Edge. So you started this project and I think you're wearing a shirt. I am. I'm wearing the shirt from 33 Edge. I actually started the company 33 Edge like 10 years before. It okay. was originally supposed to be like a yoga line. Okay. Uh, and and that's why the like the company was already set up for something. Okay. Um but then when like BLM started happening and all the protests and riots and whatnot, I decided that I wanted to do a line of t-shirts that were, you know, I felt like everybody was so polarized, even before before the riots and stuff. Um, everybody was so polarized, right? With like liberal and conservatives, right and left, you know, yeah. uh, red and blue. And even not just in the United States, but everywhere in the world, mm-hmm. it seems that everyone is so like in their corner and nobody wants to come to the middle. Nobody wants to give at all, yeah. right? So I just felt like... I wanted to do a line of t-shirts that encouraged unity and equality and just um, that encouraged people to come together. Because I feel like fundamentally, there are so many of us who really want that, who are really of the same mindset, even though there are some things that they might think, you know, that are more liberal or some things that they're more conservative about. You know, that, that I think that there are a lot of things that people can, can sort of meet in the middle about. Yeah. And so things like kindness and humanity and equality, I feel like are, are, are things that everybody can get behind. And that, that was something that I wanted to promote. A lot of the, the, the shirts are, um, designed in, in a gradient of skin tones. Mm -hmm. So it represents diversity. Yeah. So, you know, this, of course, is equality and love for everyone, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that people, it resonated with a lot of people. So it's, it's doing quite well. It's doing really well. That's so awesome. I have to admit, when you first came in, I thought, wow, Kelly's showing a lot of skin. I know, people <laughs> always think that. Like, All right, don't look, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No, it's 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 meant to be that way, which yeah. is good cuz then it looks like actual skin tones, right? Yeah. I think the first the first um designs that I made were like the emoji colors mm-hmm. and so like the yellow was very very yellow, right. you know, like for <laughs> I'm like Asian people are not that yellow. They're not like, that yellow. <laughs> yeah. And I I decided to make it a little bit more realistic, but yeah. then yeah, you're right. People are like, "Oh, like they're like, I don't know if I can look." Don't look, don't look. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. And then so people can buy that online. Are you yes, selling it in 33 stores? 33edge.com. People can buy it online at 33edge.com. That's so cool. And when you started the line, was it mostly just to help bring awareness? You know, I, I mean, one of the things I love about activism, and I know like on this show, we talk about money sometimes. Not everything's about money, right? No. It's not or it's not about it's not about how can I make lots of money, but it's like, how can I give back right. or how can I be a service? And I yes. love that that's 
you know, feels like there's there's a service and there's a message here. Yes, some of some of the money um, actually goes to um, uh, different charities. So, mm-hmm. like, I do a shirt that says "Rescue" across the front. Mm-hmm. Um, that's dedicated to the dog that I lost during the pandemic, yeah. Mushu, and um, and 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 you know, I got her from a rescue. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to do a shirt that would you know that that just said simply rescue across yep. the front and the 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 proceeds from that will go to like animal rights or um an, uh animal rescues and things yep. like that so you know i'm not at the place where all of the money can go to charities yeah. and stuff cuz you know i've invested quite a lot of oh, yeah. my own money into sure. this so yeah, I'm 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 almost there. I'm almost there when I can start like just giving it all to charity. <laughs> no, it's it's always a balance, but I think that even with the rescue stuff, um all my dogs have been rescues. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it's like it's great that there's all these dogs and cats and other animals out there that need a home. Yeah. And and you don't have to go buy a pedigree that's I know. Been, like well, and there's and there's even like because some people only want purebreds, right? They only yeah. want a certain kind of dogs, uh, uh, but 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 there is a rescue for every breed of dog imaginable, right? Right. So you don't have to go to a breeder to right. get a poodle or a, a a Frenchie or or whatever it is you want. You can rescue one. Yeah, yeah. people don't realize that that there's rescues for even like those. Yeah, greyhounds, whatever, Dalmatian, yes. Beagle. Yes. How did you become an activist? Like what – where did that come from? Like did you just notice, hey, things aren't cool? Did you experience anything firsthand? You know, I think just I developed an awareness um, that I didn't always have, you mm-hmm. know? I mean growing up in Hawaii, I, I, I was really quite spoiled mm-hmm. with – you know, this sort of paradise and kind of a utopia that, that, that I was living in. Um, and it wasn't until I moved to Los Angeles and I was, uh, I remember meeting other Asian people and like actors and things like that. And, and, and then talking about the cause and, and talking about like racism. And I was like, really? Cause I had never experienced any of that yeah. kind of thing growing up in Hawaii. Cause you know, being Asian, you're the majority, right? If right. you're Asian, it was sort of my first time being exposed to even those kind of inequalities. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I guess I began my awareness once I moved out here. But even then, it took a long time for it to sink in. Yeah. I think because um, at first my thought was, well, maybe they're just imagining things, or mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's like um, they're trying to create something that's really not there to get attention or whatever the reason could have been. But you know, as I got older, I started realizing there really is a problem and, and things need to be addressed, right? We can't pretend it's not there, which was, uh, I think sort of the way a lot of Asian people in the community were, were dealing with it, especially older people. You know, they just kind of hide things, brush things under the rug, pretend it's not there, just keep their head down and, and work through things. But, um, but I think now it's gotten to the point, especially now, like it seems like in the last, I don't know, five years or so, that things have really kind of come to a head and you cannot ignore that there is, you know, racism and inequality and, and things like that going on. Yeah. You know, when I was watching, uh, finding Ohana. Oh yeah. 
And at the end, there, which it's a great story, by the way, and it really celebrates Hawaiian culture and all of that. And people, don't, I don't think, really realize how many blends are in the Hawaiian culture. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. But as I, at the end, they were doing outtakes, and right? There was a big celebration, a big party. Yeah, a luau. And I was thinking about, like, all the Caucasians that were at that party <laughs> and how in a way that they were sort of intruders, like maybe allies, right? But I was right. thinking... You know, because Hawaii has been colonized and there's all this history that I think so many people are not aware of and how it became a state and all that stuff. And so I was interesting watching those folks and I was thinking, I wonder how it would be for me to have been at that luau as being a part of a film that honors Hawaiians and then going, oh, I'm sort of. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I get that. But, but, you know, I, I feel like. Just because a culture is being celebrated, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they are uh, prejudiced against other cultures or, right. or racist against other cultures. You yeah. know, I think you can celebrate your ethnicity, celebrate your culture and who you are and still be inclusive, right, of everyone yeah. else. I mean, that's yeah. – we all need solidarity right now, right? We need we do. Allies, and we need to come together and support one another, even though that's not who we are. We're not part of whatever this other person's experience is. You know, we we should still be open to supporting, even though we're not in that, you know, in that ethnicity or or gender or whatever. Yeah. How did it feel like having that celebration of culture, like with the young kids coming in that were like, you know, the the New Yorkers and all those different <laughs> things? How did, like, how was that to like be with all these people? It was so fun to shoot that film because it was, I felt like Hawaii has not really been depicted in, in films, um, in a realistic way. Mm-hmm. So many people think of Hawaii as like the, the tourist part, right? Right. The part where, you know, you, you, you see on like, you know, on commercials and because of course we want everybody to come to Hawaii and, right. you know, that's what we depend on, right? Other people's right. money. You know, it's, it, it was fun to be able to, to show Hawaii uh, in a different light mm-hmm. and be able to also be with a Hawaiian cast and crew. Yeah. I mean, you don't often see Hawaiians actually cast, right? In, right. in, in roles. So like the, the, the kids that played my kids were actually Polynesian. Um, you know, the, one of the, uh, uh, the, the girls, um, uh, who played the love interest of, uh, of my son, um, was also Polynesian. And so it was just, it was great. And for all three of them, it was their very first film. It was their oh, very, wow. yeah. So, it was, it was so great to watch them, um, like explore and get to be who they really are yeah. instead of having to pretend that there's something else, yeah. you know? And, um, and that, that's something that, that I didn't get to do a lot of in right. my career early on. Um, so yeah, now I feel like, um, there's so much more awareness and, and I, I, I'm so, thrilled that i get to celebrate you know being polynesian that's so cool and that was shot during covid no it was oh, actually it was re- shot just before oh, COVID. just before covid yeah it, it it was we shot it in like um october november oh and of 
2019. Of 2019. I thought it was October 2020. And then we were supposed, it was supposed to come out in the summer, but then it ended up getting delayed um, because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We we had all these big plans to do a premiere in Hawaii. Everybody was so excited to go back to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like get together and stuff like that. But, um, but alas, you know, alas, alas, 2020. So how did COVID, um, if it did, reshift your mindset? Because all of a sudden you can't be on sets all the time. And if you're on a set, there's restrictions. Like, was there any, oh my God, or panic or no more Comic-Con? All of that. All of that. Because I feel like, especially in the beginning of COVID, nobody knew where this was going to go, how long it was going to last. And especially in in big cities where there was all of these demonstrations for BLM and then the the riots and looting happening afterwards. I mean, we didn't know how long that was going to last or if it was going to grow, if it was just the beginning of something, right? So everybody was panic buying and 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 food stocking and you know like i have to admit i was part of that as well because i was just uh really worried about yeah. you know what was going to be happening because living in a big city it's not like you have if you if your if your market is closed you know where are you going to get food you know I, I i live in an apartment i can't be just like growing food I can actually. I started. I started growing food. So, <laughs> one of the things I started doing was I started like buying seeds and started planting and sprouting and doing microgreens. But I used it as an opportunity to like learn how to do all these things. I started making like like um, yogurts and okay. and you know growing vegetables in on my little balcony and in my shower. I turned my, I figured I wasn't going to be having guests for a while. So I turned my guest shower into like a, 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 a green, what do you call it? A greenhouse or like a, a greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I started, um, I put lights in there, like grow lights and, and I started planting stuff and, and, and it was, it was done in panic, but yet it was such a great relaxing thing to do and fun thing to do. Yeah. And now I am absolutely hooked. And now my dream is to like get like a plot of land on the big island or something <laughs> and just live in a mini home and garden. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do. But also there was this worry about like, when am I going to be able to work again? Because off, yeah. all, you know, being on, on camera, it was like, you know, you couldn't be near other people without yeah. a mask. And so um, I was completely prepared not to work for yeah. well over a year. Yeah. And, um, and that almost happened. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I was, I was not wanting to be on set. Right. Um, I didn't, I was so careful during COVID, you know, I didn't go to restaurants, you know, I wasn't even ordering in, I was cooking everything myself. Yep. And so maybe not helping to stimulate the economy very much. In that <laughs> Other sense. than lots of toilet paper. <laughs> no, I didn't even have to buy toilet paper because two, like a couple years before for my 50th birthday, I bought two bidets. That was my big birthday purchase. I bought two bidets. Yeah. So I was I didn't have to do like panic toilet paper buying. Just 
I just bought like a lot of like like food stuff. Yeah. Um. But but and a lot of seeds, which yeah. you know, of course, I still have because yeah. God knows you can't. You know, I can't grow that much seeds. I know. But but um. But I can eat them. I can eat them. Um. And so yeah. So it was just like yeah. There was like this whole fear that kind of took over. And the fear of money as well, right? Because yeah. if I wasn't working for a year and a half, what was I going to do? Right. So I started looking for all kinds of ways to cut down, you know, um, cut down on, on cable bills, cut down on, you know, well, nobody could go out to restaurants anyway. So that was an easy way to cut down. I didn't buy clothes. I still mm. haven't bought anything new. So that was my rule, right? I made a COVID rule. Like I wasn't going to buy any new clothes because I wasn't even going out. Like nobody could go anywhere anyway. And uh, I was just going to invest. I was going to buy uh, buy food. I was going to also, I bought a lot of gold also okay. because I felt like there was um, this such an instability mm-hmm. with the dollar yep. and the whole economy because of COVID. Um, so I started looking at, at other ways to invest that were more secure. Yeah. Um, worried about where our dollar was going to be. Go. I'm still worried about where our dollar is yeah. going to go. No, for sure. Yeah. And did you buy gold pieces or did you buy certificate gold? I actually have a friend that sells gold coins. Physical. Physical gold coins. Yeah. So, and he was in Hawaii. So I brought, I brought it through him and it. it's still in Hawaii. So, yeah. you know, I don't have the physical, but they're, but, in my, but they're mine. Yeah. No, I, well, the reason I ask is, you know, I bought silver and some gold, but I also wanted physical tangible. Exactly. Um, and it is not on my person. So right. don't worry about that. Right. But um, I didn't want this idea of like, people are like, oh, you get a certificate. No. I didn't trust that. I didn't trust it either. Right. <laughs> I want freaking evidence. Exactly. Exactly. And then also, you know, um, people were like, oh, you can just buy the gold stock or whatever. And I'm like, if, if our economy crumbles, like, yeah. I don't know what's going to be like tangible anymore. Yeah. Right. You know, you have a house, right? Right. That's tangible. Right. You know, you have gold pieces. That's tangible. Like yeah. whatever, whatever you can hold or, you know, I felt like that was going to be the most important thing. Um, yeah. And you can never go wrong with gold. People don't realize, especially in a big city, if the power goes out, if we go into chaos, your ATM card, your credit card, your smartphone, it may not do anything exactly, for you. Exactly. So things that I was doing early on in the pandemic, I made a, what I call an oh shit bag, right? <laughs> like, oh shit. Right? So, so like one of those panic bags, I did actually two of them, like one that I could just like, if, if there was a giant earthquake or whatever, and all I could do was grab one that had like one pair of clothing, like shoes, like a, uh, you know, food or whatever that it was like a backpack that I could just go with you know, whatever. I had one for Mushu as well, like yeah. a, a panic bag with, you know, food and stuff uh, included for her as well. But of course, you know, she's she's passed now. So, you know, I can... But she last... <laughs> she was 18, 19? She was like 18 and a half when yeah. she passed. Yeah. So yeah, that was a long, long time. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, her, I'm very her. saddened, but I feel comfort in knowing that it was the best possible scenario that, yeah. you know, any dog could have had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she, you know, she had her own little bag and, and everything as well. And then I had like another bag for, you know, like if 
I just had to like throw things in the car, lift, like and go camping. So I bought like a tent. I <laughs> I bought like an outhouse, like a little like porta potty thingy. Like I don't know what I was prepared for. If it was like actual camping or Burning Man, I'm not sure. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, probably about the same. <laughs> That's too funny. That's funny. And do you? And did you? Um, I mean, that just makes me think of packing everything in your car. Like I know my sister camps in her little teeny Honda. Right. I have just a little Prius. I also bought a rack for my Prius so that I could pile stuff on top of the car as well. So now I keep stuff also like, you know, in the Prius in the back, in, just just in case. Just there's in always case. like a, a, a jug of water. There's like a little, there's like a, a sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. You, don't know you never know. <laughs> you never know. It's an ex- you know, a change of clothing. So anytime I have to change the tire, I got to like take all that stuff out. Oh my God. <laughs> first. <laughs> Triple A. So wait, why did you buy a Prius? Like what made you decide to buy a Prius? Was it practical? Was it sexy? Um, Because I felt like I wanted, because we do so much driving in California, in Los Angeles, especially, you know, and, um, and, and gas prices are through the roof here. I mean, we, they're like over $4 now. Uh. I mean, and, and it was just, it was so crazy that I thought, and also, also, I, I, I wanted uh, something that was also socially acceptable, right? Right. Um, and I felt like it was making a statement. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't have to show up in a Mercedes, you know, all over the place. I'm happy to show up in a Prius and show people that I don't care about what I drive particularly, but right. I care about the environment. I care about, you know, um, saving on gas. I care about saving money. You know, I'm not about being flashy. Um, and so it was as much uh, a statement as it was practical. Yeah. Yeah. And I could, I can go to, I could go to like, uh, you know, movie premieres in my Prius and people would go, Oh, you know, it's a Prius. It's a Prius. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, uh, some junkyard, although it's kind of old now. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, it's nine years old. Wow. I know, but I don't care. That's great. <laughs> At one point, it got you in the carpool lane. Like, totally, totally. I was just too late for that. Oh, bummer. I know, no. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I, for me, practicality is always more important than than being flashy. Because, because quite, quite, quite frankly, I don't care what people think. I mean, as long as I'm I'm clean and I have good hygiene, like you know, it's she like smells right. I'm even growing up my white hair, you know. I I, I don't care um, because I feel like you know it's more important to be practical and and um and I feel like making the statement of of being a good person on the inside mm-hmm. is more important than what you drive or what you're wearing, what labels you're wearing or any of that. Yeah. And I think, especially being in the public eye, you're going to have more people making judgments that don't even know you anyway. Exactly. You don't even know me. Exactly. (laughs) And, and, and what's more important is that, um, you know, who cares really like what I'm wearing? What's more important is how much do I have in my bank? I thought you were going to say if I had a kind heart and I was generous and I was compassionate, but yeah, how much is in my bank account? No, because really, if 
you are sacrificing your savings and your future yeah. for driving a car that people are going to like or wearing designer clothing that that is going to like quote impress you yeah. know people then you're in the wrong mindset yeah you know it's i don't know how many people on their deathbed laid there and goes i'm so glad i went into debt because i had great gucci <laughs> or you know like, right yeah nobody is on their deathbed thinking that they were glad that they spent their money on a nice car yeah right yeah no i think it's true and i think it's important to think about the 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 footprint that we leave um and not you know, there was a time where I'm like, oh, I have to have the biggest house and I want to have a – no, not really. Right. It's just more stuff to keep up with. Right. And really, how many rooms do you live in anyway? Yeah. You know, yeah. 14. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many people that I know that have these ginormous houses and they have like two or three rooms they don't even go into right. ever. Yeah. They're like storage basically, yeah. you yeah. know? And maybe guests who come every once in a great while. But yeah. but like really people tend to live in just like three rooms, right? Yeah. Their bedroom, their bathroom, and their kitchen. And yeah. and maybe maybe four if you count like the the whatever their dining area or or wherever their TV is, right? Yeah. Um but but you know, more than that is just excess. And yeah, yeah if you've got that kind of money that you can just blow whatever, yeah. you know, get the excess. But um, but in all practicality, you really don't need that many rooms. You don't. And I look, I'm I'm frugal. I like to be practical. Mm-hmm. I, I look at things practically versus flashy, right? Because um, I'm going to probably get it dirty or break it anyway. Like wearing white, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm always all gonna of my be the one are black, yeah, and I'm not always- because I'm cool, <laughs> yeah, because I'm filthy. I'm like I'm a mess. Yes. Oh my god, that's. I one time, so, you know, I told you I used to have like rabbits and ducks and all these things. And I would go to uh, Krav Maga Uh and um, sometimes, and I would forget. And I've been like, oh, I need to feed the rabbits and stuff. So I, and I went to Krav Maga one time (laughs) and the guy came up and he's like, do you live on a farm? There was hay and everything around the mat. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I swore I wouldn't, but I forget. Like bunny like, poop on your knees. Bunny, like I'm a country guy and I forget. I'm like, oh, let me go do, th- oh, I'm in LA. Right. They're like, I know. just go back to the farm and rinse your shoes. People are judging you. <laughs> Even in your dojo. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, but now it's kind of cool though. I think, I think that especially because of the pandemic, yeah. that so many people have had to shift, right? Yeah. And there's like this whole movement of, of getting sort of back down to like the farm, right? Yeah. Like people want to grow their own food yep. and they want to, they want to, you know, raise chickens and, and rabbits and, and do all that stuff. And as much as they can be like self sufficient, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. I'm, I, I want to move out of my apartment, which I thought was so practical yeah. just to get a yard. <laughs> like, yeah. Now I feel like a house would be more practical. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Well, you're going to, you can, you can work in my garden. Yeah. yeah there we go. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. It's nice to have a little piece. I'm always surprised when people are more excited to have a big house and less yard. And I'm like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta right? have land. You gotta yeah. have. I just love, I mean, and I, I, looks, I would rather like sleep in a tent 
and have a big yard than have a big house. That's my dream right now is to have like one of those tiny homes, right? I think that that whole movement of tiny homes and van life and, and, you know, people living out of RVs. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love that. I love that people are, are, are doing that not because they have to, but because they want to. And it's like a, a a privilege to be able to do that, right? Who, I mean, who doesn't want to just like jump in a van and go traveling around the United States or, or around like the, the whole continent, really. But there's so much culture in different cultures in this, even just in the U.S. Right. Yeah. Right? I've never, I've never driven across the United States. What? Yeah. I know. Oh my gosh. I know. I only fly. But now I'm like, I, I can't wait to get a van. Like my brother is building a, out a van and he had this van like before the pandemic and everything. Um, <laughs> I remember he's talk about practical. He bought like this old like mail truck once that was literally rusting. Like every time he'd go over a bump, like rust would come down on you. Like he bought this and it was like, I think it was like abandoned or something, but he bought it and he was like tr- going to try to fix it up like in Hawaii a long time ago. And I just thought my brother is such a, uh, he's so trash. Like I was going to say white trash, but he's not, he's Chinese, right? Yellow trash. He's so yellow trash, you know, but, um, but, but now I, I like, now he's got this other van, he's living in Virginia and I'm like, it's so brilliant, right? I'm like, now all of a sudden, like the tables have turned and yeah. everything that I thought was crazy about him seems so awesome. So, so right? smart and insightful. I know. <laughs> well, what would you say, what is your biggest financial success? You've got the house, you've got the practical car, you've been frugal, you've been practical. What would you say, like, what are you most proud of if you look at where you are so far? I think the fact that I bought the house when I was in my twenties, like I bought the house, I think when I was like 27 or something, I was able to do that at that age. That was, um, and because I had the help of, of, of having all that money from being, you know, Miss Teen and working and that was like probably the smartest thing that I did. Yeah. And, um, and I think that if I hadn't done it then, if I was trying to look for a place now, I don't think I'd ever be able to buy a place now. Yeah. You know, and also when I was young when I did it. So I kept a roommate and helped uh, my roommate helped pay the bills. Smart. And there are so many of my friends that were of that age already that were like, oh, I can't have a roommate. I can't yeah. live with anybody else. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, how are you paying your bills? You know, and of course now they have no, no future. They have no, nothing saved up because they couldn't live with somebody else. You know, um, I just felt like, being so practical at, mm-hmm. and and doing everything at a young age, I was more open to to living with other people and taking on roommates and sharing the bills and stuff like that. That it really set me up for the future. Yeah, I can't stress enough how amazing it is to be practical. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because I have I have so many clients that go out and they buy a three million dollar house. Their TV show gets canceled. And now they're back into a one-bedroom apartment in Studio City. And they just – they were living in the moment, which I guess is great. Yeah. But there wasn't any practicality about it. And you got to sort of think it through a little bit. Yeah. I I always – Thought, you know, I'm, I don't want, I don't like spending money I don't have. Right. So I don't even like leasing a car, which, yeah. you know, I know sometimes is, is, is better when you're, you know, you're paying taxes and things like that. I mean, you're the one who can 
Yeah, I mean, kind of. I still like buying because uh-huh. then you have something and then you don't make car payments. That's so cool. Yes, I don't. <laughs> I don't like even you know. I I really sometimes I wish that I was able to just pay off my house, yeah. but I know that 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 um it's more practical these days with interest rates being so low to be able to have your money work for you, you know, instead. But I'm the kind of person like, I don't like debt. I don't like having to pay off credit card. I mean, I don't like having credit card debt. I pay it off every month. You know, I, I, I just think like, why waste that money? Yeah. You know, it's a waste. Even yeah. rent, I feel like is a waste of money. Yeah. Um, you know, you always have to look for ways to make your money work for you instead of yeah. you working for your money. No, I totally agree. I, paying rent means somebody can throw you out. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's money that goes nowhere, right? To your future. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, you, if, if you can scrape up enough for a down payment for a place, even if it's a small place, it's still start. It's, it's so much smarter to yeah. get a smaller place that you can actually, you know, grow and, 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 you know, keep flipping into larger and larger places. In fact, this place that I'm in now that I've been in since 93, since like, oh my God, like half my life. I, 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 it was, I always thought, well, it's just going to be my, my, my first home, my, my transition place. I'll buy another place later. And I just felt like it was so practical to live there. Even like, you know, even though I, I got rid of, you know, the roommates eventually and, you know, I'm like spread out into both rooms and I turned the, the bathroom into a greenhouse. Um, it just, you know, I, I just felt like it, it, I, there wasn't a lot of benefit for me to move into a house, yeah. you know, or into a, a bigger place. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, my, my transitional place became really comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think, you know, I, I, the way I try to think of it too is when I'm, if I'm paying rent, I'm putting money on somebody else's balance sheet. Exactly. Exactly. You got to let your money help you grow your, you know, future, not somebody else's. Yeah. yeah. I just saw a great little phrase um, that somebody said, instead of waiting to invest, invest and wait. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, um, my mom is a great example. So when she got divorced um, back in the, like the seventies, right? Um, she, she was like a hundred thousand dollars, more than a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Um, and, and, you know, this was all like credit cards and stuff like that, that she shared with my dad. And, you know, he was like the guy who drove the Cadillac and, you know, went to all these fancy restaurants and, you know, my mom was very like practical and stuff. But when they got divorced, all of that debt became hers as well. Right. 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 And so, and so she was raising two kids, you know, with all of this credit card debt, she couldn't keep her head above water. So she sent us away to go live with my grandparents for a little while. And I ended up living with my grandmother for like two years. Wow. And, um, it, during that time, she like, you know, scraped herself 
you know, she she always had like three jobs. She was always working like weekends and, you know, having like little side projects and things like that, little sideways to mm-hmm. make money and got us into like um her projects, like selling things like we would whatever was hot at the moment. She we would sell at school like right. these gold dipped Miley leaves that people would wear as pendants. Right. She would find a way to find them, you know, wholesale and then we'd sell them to other people. Right. And then you know, clothing. That's how I got my first job actually was she was selling clothing and at parties and stuff on the weekends. And, um, and she took me to the place where she was getting it wholesale and, uh, and they offered me a job and I was only 13 years old. So I had to like lie and, you know, work under the table. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, and then I turned like 15 and then all of a sudden I was still getting paid the same, but I had to pay taxes. I was like, this is not fun. (laughs) I was like, where's the cash? Exactly. But, um, but, uh, but she, from that, um, and having a job where she said she never made more than 27000 a year. Wow. Um, that was her big, you know, city job, her, her, yeah. her, you know, her, her, her base. Um, from that, she was able to, to save up enough money and, 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 and invest and, and really be smart about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that she's retired and living comfortably in a retirement place in Vegas. She actually, she and, 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 and her husband now have the biggest unit in there, in the, the, the complex in, nice. in Vegas. Um, and even when she married him, even though he wasn't in debt in the divorce and all this, she had more saved up, you know, with like properties and her, her, her value, you right. know, her, her finances. She, she had more than, than my stepfather did when they right. got married. Wow. So she was so brilliant about being able to work hard, save every penny, you know, like investing in her future, in herself, yeah. you know, that she was, as soon as she could, she was put, you know, socking away money and, and, still living very, very um, frugally, yeah. but investing so that she could live well and get out of debt, you know, and and, and raising two kids over $100,000 in debt in the 70s, yeah. you know, was no joke. No. Yeah. So she was able to do that and come out the other end just on top. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Practical and frugal can still be fun. It doesn't mean pain and suffering. Yeah, I didn't feel like we were lacking at all as kids. Yeah. You know, and 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 sometimes I feel like it's almost you're almost better off as a child to come from that kind of experience yeah. than being spoiled and being mm-hmm. given everything because then you don't I had no sense of entitlement. Right. You know, I had Everything that I earned, I felt a sense of accomplishment. Right. You know, I feel like if you give your kids too much, and this is coming of obviously from somebody who doesn't have kids. I have a lot of opinions about how to raise kids when I don't even have them. But just judging from experience, yep. I feel like if you give your kids too much, you are robbing them yeah. from the sense of accomplishment that they can have later on in life. Yeah, I totally agree. I think kids today don't know their benchmark is so much higher. I have no idea like what their parents or other people go through. Right. And, and they're just like 
yeah, the benchmark is 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 pretty high. Yeah, and 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 they get so comfortable with the big house and the nice cars and the good food and restaurants that when they go out there and they start trying to make their own way, they expect all of that immediately. Yeah, but that's not how the world works, you <laughs> know. Not. And there's like a big fall from grace, you yeah. know. Like all of a sudden, you're like. You know, you can't pay your bills and, 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 and you've got to ask your parents for money just to pay your rent or whatever. You know, that's, that's not a, a sense of uh, accomplishment. That's really no. uh, a really difficult way to start life out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are at Fast Five, so we're going to jump into... So some, fast! So fast. Okay. We are going to jump into Fast Five. Um, all right. What's the most you'll spend uh, when eating out? Well... Sometimes, so I I rarely, rarely eat out. Um, and oftentimes I have to pick up the bill, right, for <laughs> for things. So just recently we were at a sushi place. Oh, this is fast. Oh, sorry. Um, we were at a sushi place and there were seven people and I had to pick up a bill, the bill for everyone and it was $1,300. Ah, and how did you feel when you saw the check? I had to smile because everybody <laughs> was there and I had to offer because, you know, but, but the good thing is that I have friends that are reciprocal, right? Right. So and we all sort of like do that for each other, but I don't eat out very often. Right. So it kind of makes up for it. Yeah. I think yeah. I would have smiled and cried inside. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I looked at the bill and went, oh. <laughs> um, and I have to add a tip. <laughs> right. I was like, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> paying for that for a little while. <laughs> wow. Is there anything you would spend money on without questioning the price? Food. <laughs> food. Good food. You know, yeah. and I mean, like, like, you know, like just, just I, like when I shop at like Costco, I barely ever look at like how much something costs because I assume it's Costco. Right. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's going to be cheap. But yeah. A food, food. I think good, good food. You cannot skimp on. There's yeah. three things you cannot skimp on, right? Uh-huh. There's, there's, there's food. Really good food. Yeah. You cannot skimp on because that's your health, right? Medical. Yep. You know, you cannot skimp. You cannot go cheap on your medical. You have to pay for good medical and plastic surgery. You cannot skimp <laughs> on plastic surgery. <laughs> good to know. Yes. I, I should ask. What was your last? Uh, plastic surgery procedure (laughs) i haven't even had botox or anything for like the whole pandemic since before the pandemic i'm saving my money yes i know i figured i wasn't going to be on camera anyway why why would i need botox yeah save it for a rainy day for (laughs) um have you ever lent a friend money and regretted it a lot of times (laughs) a lot of times you know uh, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to say no yeah. because, you know, when, when your friends know that you're living well and they see and then, you know, they are struggling, mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard to say no. And so I think there are certain friends which I know are going to pay me back. Yeah. And then there are friends where I just like, it's a donation. Right. You know, and you have to just go into that mindset. And you know it going in, though, so you, it's not... You know it going in. Yeah. Sometimes the better thing to do is just say, well, I can't afford to give you $4,000 right yeah. now, but I can give you 500 and you can just have that. Right. You know, so that's kind of uh, like sometimes a way to be able to 
just settle that yeah. and not have bad feelings. Give what you can afford to just give as a gift yeah. as opposed to loaning something that is going to make you kind of cringe and hope they pay back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What's one thing you hate spending money on? Like just uh, uh cars. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I have to buy a new car, I'm like, oh, I hate car shopping. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I just buy another Prius. There you go. I have three. I've had three so far. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever taken something home from a movie set that you weren't supposed to? <laughs> no. <laughs> I had to ask. Had I to. mean, come on. Come on. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes it's there. Right? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Or sometimes, you know, you'll just say the to the wardrobe per- person, I might lose these earrings by the end of the shoot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Of course. You have to. Look, I got a pair of... I, uh, a pair of really expensive Nikes, but like it was my size. Right. They can't return it. In the good old days, um, when, when, when you would work on a job, they would fit your wardrobe, right? And they do all the alterations and everything. And you'd get to buy, they, sometimes they give it to you in the right. really good old days. You'd get to keep a lot of your wardrobe, right? right? But, or, but then it got to the point where you could buy whatever you liked, right? right? And now they don't even do that. You can't even buy stuff because everything has to go in some sort of storage that they can Ugh. use for later. So which like they never will. Which they never will. Which they right? never will. Exactly. Jeez. So it just sits there for sits. whatever sake. Yeah. Yeah. So dumb. not practical. Not, not practical. practical. All right. Eminem moment. Sweet spot. Money and motivation. Practical tip. Piece of wealth wisdom. What's something that you've learned along the way that you can tell our listeners? In the case of money waiting and being patient you know that mm-hmm. kid that 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 gets the candy <laughs> and they have to wait like 5 minutes yeah. you know if they wait 5 minutes they can have two candies right, right? delayed or, gratification or, yeah that delayed gratification that's the word i was looking for thank you <laughs> so so that that in when it comes to life delayed gratification really pays off yeah i think yeah no i think it does and i you know one of the things in in talking to you and just knowing you i like i think you're very practical, which doesn't mean you give up having fun. It doesn't mean life is painful and drudgery. Like, no, right? I've had the best life. Yeah. I've had the best life because I've lived the way I have. Yeah. You know, um, I've traveled the world. I've been to over 50 countries. I've, I've stayed in palaces and, yeah. and, and, and I've had so many great opportunities because I, save and I do things, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't blow it all on, on showing off and worrying about what other people are thinking of me. Yeah. And I think also like I, if I had to give you a motto, it would be, I show up like Kelly shows up. You, you. You show up with optimism. You show up without entitlement and you like, you make the best of it. And you really do. I try. I really try. Life is short. Life is so short. You have to go in with a great attitude because, you know, you, it's, everything's contagious, yeah. right? Attitude and, 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 and if you show up, 
to everything with a great attitude and are happy and, you know, everybody around you is happy. And why not live your life that way? Why yeah. not have happiness surround you? Yeah. You know, choose to be joyful. Yeah. 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 We can choose it. Yes. Choose absolutely. joy. Choose joy. Choose joy. Where can people find you on social media, online? And just again, I'm going to plug 33 Edge, but... 33edge.com is where, you know, they can, they can buy 33edge stuff. Um, but on social media, I got Kelly Who, um, kellywho.com, which actually takes you to 33edge now. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, kellywho.com, uh, Kelly, Kelly Who on Facebook, Kelly Who on Twitter, and I got Kelly Who on Instagram. <laughs> yes. So just Kelly Who. And if Kelly you're not who sure who, everything. Kelly Who. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure you're not outside. I swear I wouldn't do that, but it's a, I can't help it. I couldn't help it. You, you're so, allowed. You're allowed. All right, all right. Just a, one. Just one. I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. Never do it again. Oh, my God. So don't forget to share the love. You can like, follow, and share on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money Should Ask, all one word. Follow this podcast on your favorite podcast player or visit Spotify and search for Money You Should Ask or click on the link in the description. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. For more tips, tools, or how to learn how to have a healthy relationship with money, check out themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, not nerd. I'm the nerd, but check out the nerve, moneynerve.com. Kelly, I always love having you. It's, it's so, so wonderful. Fun. It's fun. Always so fun to be here. Thank so you so fun. much. Thank you. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs>